Good day, everybody. We have a small crew here right now, a crew of only a handful. So we'll give it another minute or two to give a couple of the later arrivers some time to get settled in, get a coffee, get a shot of tequila, a beer, smoke a joint, do a line of blow, whatever your thing is. I'm not here to judge. So... Whatever people are doing is is up to them. We are here, though, to talk about Hive, hence the name of the show, This Week in Hive. Maybe more accurately, we're here to talk about what happened on Hive this week. So we don't keep it a big secret. We put it right in the title. And that's good because if not, I would forget where I am. So, getting started, uh, <clears throat> a little bit of a, an update on some of what I've been doing and discussing and writing about and actually building. Later on today, I'm supposed to be on a call with Gramps, who, Grampo from Hive, who is the one of the main forces behind Wavio. And him and I had a conversation, if you will, a back and forth in a post I made earlier in the week about adjusting your view of Hive and thinking of Hive instead of just rewards, which we don't get away from that. But what about shifting your development thinking and your building thinking to Hive as web pages, Hive as pages that you can link together? And so him and I were discussing, and it's it was a uh, a philosophy or a a viewpoint that he's had for a long time. And so you know we both matched up on that, and he is utilizing that concept for uh, Wavio and the shopping, and I am using it for Leo Glossary, and so we are going to discuss what what that can do, Uh, maybe a collaboration or what other ideas we come up with. So that was, you know, one of the main thoughts I had for the week is looking at Hive from a different perspective. And thinking of this as truly a database, the blockchain as a database, instead of a place just to scalp rewards, think of what you can build when you start interconnecting and interlinking pages. And oh, by the way, you don't have to provide the infrastructure. And even better, you don't have to pay for the infrastructure. It's already there. And what I'm finding is when you start to develop projects, I don't have technical expertise. I don't have coding ability. I can't create a website. I make no secret about that. But, and this is the major but, as I start to do what I'm doing, other people are just starting to do, because don't forget, it's all on the blockchain. It's all open. They're starting to take what I put there and start creating things on their own. And that's how it works. 
Hello, tokenized. Hello, gents. You are so kind. Are you British? Oh, uh, nifty. Shot at tequila in a joint. Sounds like my kind of Friday. Yep. Well, I could make a feet joke about that, but that's just too easy. So that's uh, that was the main thought I had. Now, uh, Nifty's here, and Nifty, would you uh, do the honor of sending a uh, chat request or whatever the hell they call it, a talk request, speak request, um, because there was some development with Hivetown, uh, with Town Hall that you might want to share with people. We kind of gave a precursor last week, so might be good to do a bit of an update. I think he might be out uh, going, trying to find his bottle of tequila. So we'll have to give him a second. Um, let's see, what else is going on? Uh, I wrote an article this morning about VSC. Voltec. I believe it's Voltec. I think he's the one behind the VSC Twitter account has been tweeting out some very interesting information. If you don't follow uh, that account on Twitter, I would suggest you do. Here comes Nifty. So we'll hold the thought on VSC and we'll bring Nifty in because he's just that type of guy that you want to bring in. Oop. He's just that type of guy, huh? I had to switch from my PC to my phone. I know, I know you can do spaces from your PC now, but uh, all the issues I have on the phone, I don't want to, I don't want to experience what it might be like on PC. I've heard it's not great. So anyway, yeah. So uh, if you don't know, uh, Task, Jongo, uh, a nomad soul and I uh, run a collective witness now. Uh, called Town Hall. Town-Hall is the account name on Hive. And, um, you know, it's aimed at uh, a lot of different things. But I think the general uh, consensus is that, you know, we want to uh, be the voice for everyone on Hive, not just the, you know, the people that have big stake. Um, We believe that everybody should have a voice and be able to talk to witnesses and things like that. So, anyway, uh, enough shilling for it. We are currently... uh, top 77 right now um we are producing blocks every four hours roughly which is you know pretty good uh of course the the more we move up the the scale there the the more blocks we'll be producing and um yeah looking to have basically zero downtime uh, is the goal but you know not everything is perfect and i'm not a wizard so <clears throat> we're doing what we can on that front but um yeah uh, we appreciate everybody that's already voted um and I think that that's about it. Um, we're we're going to be doing an, an official, um, you know, we already did an announcement before we launched it, but we're going to do an official, hey, we're live. And it's going to have, you know, everybody's um, background and, you know, that kind of thing that'll be coming out soon. So, yeah, we appreciate y'all's support. If anybody has any questions, let me know. Yeah, I, I have a question uh, because maybe we have some different, audience members compared to last week. Uh, Why did you people set up this node? What is the motivation behind it? What is the goal of it? 
And how do you differ from the other 110 nodes that are out there? A bit of a loaded question. Uh, I'll keep it brief. Um, you know, like I said, our, our idea behind it was to uh, be kind of like the faces uh, of a witness because uh, a lot of these uh, witnesses out there, you, you may not even know who they are. They may not even be active anymore. You know, a lot of them don't even really post anymore or do any kind of comments or anything. So we wanted to be accessible to people. And, um, you know, we thought as a collective, it would be the way to go because it's not just one person uh, running the witness. You know, we all have different backgrounds. I think we determined that between the four of us, we have, I don't know, somewhere around 30 plus ex years on, on the blockchain. Uh, of course, there was the legacy chain before, but, you know, it, it's all the same to me uh, at the end of the day. But, you know, we have a lot of experience. We've been here a long time. We're not going anywhere. And I would argue that a lot of people know our faces already and we're very accessible. So if you have questions, you, you have concerns, whatever, you can just reach out to any of us very easily. And I think that's something a lot of other witnesses don't necessarily have. They may not be the prettiest faces on the Internet, but at least they're there and you can find us. We are there. It's a simple tag us on threads on Enleo. Just ping us. Uh, we're there. Ping us in Discord. We're there. Uh, maybe not Taz. If he if he can ever figure out Discord, he might he might respond. But uh, tag him on threads. Uh, we're available. And uh, yeah, we want to support the the little people, the people that may not be experienced, that may not you know have a big stake and those kind of things, but they still have a voice. And um, we want to bring those people together once a month. On a town hall, we had one already, um, and, and it's on spaces just like this to where you can come and talk about anything, concerns, questions you have about Hive, how things work. If you don't know what a block is, you can come ask. You know, it's kind of like an open forum, and, and that's the, the general idea behind it, which I really love. Yeah, and to be honest with you, that was kind of my motivation with this is to set up this show as – uh, or this basis as a, a weekly complement to that. Uh, and obviously that goes into, you know, based upon the first one, there will be an overriding subject, overriding topic. Maybe uh, Nomad Soul will be uh, successful in bringing some of the, the top 20 witnesses on and, and that type of thing. Uh, and this is more a you know, just try to keep people update, let people show up and share what they're doing, just like you're sharing about Town Hall. You gave us, you know, an update last week. You, you're giving us a, a follow-up uh, this week. And, you know, that's what my vision with this and my thought with this was, is to give people the opportunity to, um, you know, come on, learn what's going on, on a weekly basis, there's no way one person can stay up on everything. It, it's impossible. I can't tell you what's going on with Wavio. I certainly can't tell you what's going on with CyberX. I can't tell you what Block Trades is doing. Uh, you know, it, it's just too much information for one person. And, you know, this is stuff that I think is, is good for people to know. Now, one thing I, I do want to get there, there was another I guess it was kind of teased and dropped and it's not officially announced, but 
they did give more details on the AMA. What are your thoughts on Leo Premium uh, based upon what we know about it now? There has been no official uh, announcement. There has not been a, an official post to my knowledge. But as I said, they, they did drop some things on the AMA and Cal's been putting uh, t- threads out there and stuff like that. So, Nifty, what are your thoughts on that uh, based upon what you know now? I'm embarrassed. I haven't actually had a chance to listen to the replay of the AMA, but if I understand correctly, it'll be similar to, um, you know, the, the premium membership on, on X where you get the check mark, you'll get an orange check mark. Uh, but if I understood correctly, um, all of the funding basically that's going to be, uh, you know, raised from selling these premium memberships is going to go to things like buying back Leo, um, I think there was something along the lines of LP tokens. Uh, Maybe you can educate me a little bit, but I really like the concept. I think uh, a lot of social media platforms are moving towards a subscription-based model. Uh, And this this should come as no surprise. You know, uh, of course, anyone can use Leo, but if you want access to the premium features, like I think they're going to have themes and there's going to be a couple other things you can do, uh, you know, only as a premium user. So, I think it'll be great. Uh, it'll be a great revenue stream, of course, as well. Um, you know, a lot of we talk about uh, revenue streams a lot uh, in terms of, you know, making a crypto ecosystem sustainable. So I think it's a good thing. What do you think? Uh, yeah, just to, to go into the details that I know, which, again, uh, this is no official. So I may be speaking out of school on a lot of this stuff because uh, – uh, I'm I'm piecing it together, but but basically, what you have is as inleo.io is now, everything you can do on inleo.io, with the exception of edit, you will be able to do after premium is released without any premium subscription, without doing anything. You show up to inleo, anything you are doing on there now, you can do. As I said, the only thing is the edit on threads, not the edit on long form. Edit on long form is not going to change, um, which, by the way, I don't even think the edit on the threads works properly because it just ends up putting another thread on. So uh, people are probably going to complain. But at the end of the at the end of the day, just delete the original thread that you have the typo in and then just post another thread. It, it's not the end of the world in that regard. Um Yes, it is based upon the, the the Twitter blue or now X blue model, but there is a, a, a distinguishing mindset. It appears, and, and I, I am basing this solely what Cal said. He knows a lot more about X and what's going on there than I do. I don't do very much, but it appears that X is really pushing everybody towards the subscription because they are removing a lot of the features unless you are a subscriber. This is not the case from what I understand with Leo premium. Everything you have now is going to be there with the one exception. And these will be features that are added that are built specifically for premium. 
And yes, there's things like themes. There's things like lists. Uh, there's an assortment of features you can use a, a NFT in your profile. You know, just little things. There will be ways to highlight where your thread will be highlighted to some degree. Um, maybe there will be a border around it or a different color shading or, or something like that. Um, and so there will be other features, other benefits for the individuals. Uh, the money, it's 10 HBD a month from what we heard. The money you raised, which, by the way, is using HBD. So now we all of a sudden have a use case for HBD where you can accumulate some HBD throughout the month and then you use that to pay your, your subscription. That HBD is going to be then used to go buy Hive and go buy Leo in equal amounts off the market. So, I don't know, I'll just throw out a round number. $1,000 in HBD comes in, 1,000 HBD. It will go and buy $500 worth of Hive, $500 worth of Leo. Move them over, I believe it's to Binance. So it'll be Beehive and Leo, and put it in the liquidity pool. And anybody who knows about liquidity pools, when you put that stuff in, it creates the LP tokens uh, and those will be burned. So now you have permanent liquidity. And what the idea is, is this feature will benefit not only Leo, not only Hive, in a few different ways. It'll benefit first off by giving HBD a, another use case. So there's transactions. There's a reason to hold HBD, keep it liquid, and use it as a payment, a medium of exchange. Number two, there will be monthly buy-in of Hive. There will be monthly buy-in of Leo. So this is creating buy demand. Number three, it will take each of those tokens and remove them effectively. Actually, let me phrase it this way. It will remove the value of them from circulation. Because using the thousand that I said before, 500 HBD is roughly, we'll say 1,500, or 500 HBD is roughly 1,500 high. 500 um, um, dollars worth of Leo right now is, we'll call it five cents is what? 10,000 of them? No, 1,000 of them. My number's right. Anyway. Are my zeros right here? I'm trying to think it, it right off the top of my head. But anyway, so you have, let's say, 10,000 uh, Leo going into the liquidity pool. You have uh, whatever I just said, uh, 300 HBD going into the liquidity pool, or 3,000 HBD going into the liquidity pool. And, or excuse me, Hive, not H HBD, Hive. Those numbers may adjust because as people swap, Leo for Hive or Hive for Leo, you're having people constantly putting in more Leo, taking out Hive or vice versa. But the value stays in there. And so what the idea is, is to create liquidity to allow people to be able to enter and exit into these assets 
a lot easier because one of the things we all know is, okay, I got this Leo, I got this hive, or I got this Bitcoin and I want to buy this hive. How do I do it? How do I even get into this ecosystem? And that's where liquidity pools, DEXs, things of that nature can really help out. And so the idea is over the course of time, if you have, I don't know, let's say a thousand people who are Leo premium, that's $10,000 in a month coming in. Now you have $5,000 worth of high, $5,000 worth of Leo going into the liquidity pool. And that that happens every month. And the liquidity pools, the thing to remember about them is they are always US dollar based. And so what I mean by that is, let's say the value of both Hive and, and Leo double over the next 30 days. Now that $5,000 or $10,000, excuse me, that I just said that was put in this month actually has a value of 20000 What if it doubles? And again, now it has a value of 40000 So obviously, the more tokens that are in there, as the price of the tokens goes up, the value of the liquidity pool goes up. Now, the reverse can also happen if the tokens have over the next month and drop by 50%. That $10,000 that was put in is now $5,000. So that's where fluctuations in the market will adjust the liquidity pool. But the idea is over the course of time, the tokens that were put in or the value that was put in with the tokens early will appreciate over time and grow. So that's the other major advantage uh, to the Hive ecosystem is, and, and Leo, is to provide this liquidity by taking these tokens, locking them in there, whatever LP tokens were created, you, you burn them, and now the liquidity is locked away, and, or the value of the liquidity. I just wanted to, I just wanted to highlight that too. Like, you know, you, you hear liquidity pool, like, you know, money goes into the pool, money goes into the pool, money goes out, whatever. That's fine. But what we're talking about here is different. We're, this, this is potentially creating permanent liquidity and, you know, having permanent liquidity is something that is extremely valuable because, well, just like you said, that those dollars that go in, they cannot leave because those LP tokens are going to be burned. No one can ever take that out. And Leo can't, you can't, I can't. And that's permanent dollars that people can move between those two assets. And it makes it easy to come in from the outside of Hive because these are, you know, uh, Binance Smart Chain based. You know, you could swap your WBTC for beehive whatever bridge it back to hive boom you're done and that's permanent liquidity so you know the more money that goes into it the more money we can support coming in from the outside super valuable without a doubt think of it this way if you're in the united states and you want to buy a hundred thousand dollars worth of hive good luck if you want to buy fifty thousand excuse me not happy. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just, you know, it, it's it's a very difficult situation. If you want to get $50,000 worth of Leo, good luck. Uh, especially if you want to use an outside token, you want to use outside resources. Uh, you know, if you're going to swap Hive or HBD for Leo, then you can take $50,000 and get into Leo. It'll take you a while, you know, you 
have to buy over probably two months or a month and a half, but you could do it. Um, but that's where the importance of the liquidity pool is. And, and as Nifty just said, he, he highlighted the fact of permanence. So my view of this is you got Leo premium, $10,000, let's say, this month. That goes in. Well, what happens if the price of Hive is $3? Well, that just 10x. What if the price of Leo is uh, $0.06? Cents? That's a 10x. So now that 10000 that was put in the month of, let's say, November, just, again, I'm making up numbers here, it's now $100,000 in liquidity. Because you look at those tokens that are in there and you see the value of them, that's what it equates to. And the reason being is if somebody is trying to swap in the wrap BTC, it's not going to matter how much BTC is exchanged in terms of the Satoshis versus the Beehive as an example. It's the value of those Satoshis versus the Beehive that's important. So obviously, if you have a 10x in the value of Beehive, Again, because the unit of account is dollars in this, anything that's on BSC can be brought in and can be used to access our ecosystem. And so that, that's one of the ideas behind it. And I think it's, it's an interesting way to go. And it's also one of those, to me, highlights what we talk about with Web3. Elon is charging for X. That money is going to pay X bills. Okay, fine. I don't know if X is making a profit, but at some point when X is profitable, who's going to get that money? Elon and his investors. That's the way Web2 is. That's the way business is. Whatever Facebook does and generates revenue, who gets the money? Facebook shareholders, meta shareholders. Same with YouTube, whatever's generated and whatever's profitable off of Alphabet or Google, whatever the hell they call themselves. Um, Alphabet shareholders get that. The users do not. <clears throat> with this, we have the twin capabilities of this not only benefiting everybody holding high, it also benefits the people holding Leo. It enhances the ecosystem. It hopefully will create some buy demand on the tokens uh, on Hive and Leo, which will further enhance the value of them over time. And it also provides accessibility. It's an on-ramp, which helps with the value. So this is not something where people are paying their 10 HBD and, oh, well, the Leo team is making out like bandits off of this. No, everybody who's holding Leo power, everybody who's holding, well, it doesn't even need to be powered up. Anybody who's holding Leo, anybody who's holding Hive is benefiting. And I don't think that can be stressed enough. And this is what I love about the concept of these Web3 things is bringing that into play and allowing people to get the coin, get the token through their efforts, through buy-in, through rewards, through whatever. And now you have stake in the ecosystem. Now you have stake in the platform. And as that grows, 
So there's the value of your holdings in your wallet. And that's what it's all about. What do you think, how much will Leo Premium cost us? Any ideas? I haven't seen it. I, I, uh, the number I've seen is 10 HPD. Uh, I have not seen anything confirmed. That's what Cal mentioned. I, I have not seen anything in writing. There hasn't been an official post. Um, so I can't comment officially, but 10, 10 HPD seems to be the number. And by the way, the great thing is, is a lot of people can get it based upon just their activity on threads, based upon their activity on, uh, on the high blockchain, you know, people get rewards. So I love this concept of win-win for everybody. Very good, Dwayne. Uh, I heard of the pump permanent lock feature in ThorChain where you can lock coins, not sure for eternity. Just like the Leo Premium, going to create constant flow of money coming back to the project. Liquidity up, token up, we went. Yeah, I, w- I would say uh, that is probably the case. Uh, you know, we, we can never predict what the markets are going to do. Markets ha- are their own animal. So I, I always talk value. I don't talk price. Price is markets. Value is what we create. The old Warren Buffett saying, value is what you get. Price is what you pay. Markets go up, markets go down. You know, the, the, the price of Tesla stock has dropped like 20% in the last two days. Is the value of the Tesla as a company 20% less than it was two days ago? I don't think so, but the market seemed to adjust the price. So that's, that's why I really rarely talk price and that type of thing when it comes to markets. Uh Esme Smith, I have to go for a walk. I'll be listening to the recording later. Okay. Uh, do you think Leo Premium Concept would likely to spread across other front ends? Um, listen, crypto is a copycat industry. So I would think if this takes off, I wouldn't be surprised if other uh, front ends, maybe an Ecency, didn't adopt something similar. Um, Peak D. Conceivably could, although uh, Peak D seems to be, they, they don't seem to be interested in operating as a, a project uh, in the same way of Leo or in the same way of uh, Ecency. So they seem to have a little bit different approach and a little different mindset to things. But um, certainly I, I think this could, could spread to other uh, front ends. The, the, the question comes down, as always, what development is taking place that is going to make it attractive? Uh, you know, what are you getting? If, if you're asking people to pay, you know, X amount of HBD to have a premium membership, what are they getting? Uh, are you going to continually keep innovating and adding stuff to make that, that worth a great, to, to be a greater value to people over time or not? Uh, and that's what I think it ultimately comes down to. And, and it's the same thing, by the way, that X is confronted with. They have to keep justifying the $8 a month to people or whatever they talk. Uh, Cal Sharon is a sneak peek of Leo Premium. Sign me up. I don't even know what to call it. IDK... Salmon. I'm just going to call you Sam. 
somebody said they're waiting. What are you waiting for? Are you waiting for the show to start, or are you waiting for me to log you in to speak? Because I don't have any speak requests. Very rare case when you talk about price, you care more about the fundamentals and you, or utility, not the price. Sam, the reason why I do that is because people talk bull, people talk bear, people talk all kinds of shit that doesn't matter long term. And what what I mean by that is, and I I go back to my my observation, if you will, with the internet. I'm old enough to remember the dot com bubble. I'm old enough to remember when this stuff was forming. And the difference is, with cryptocurrency, you have projects like Leo, projects like Hive, which are marked to market every second of the day. The price fluctuates, and so you have a whole bunch of people who basically are morons, in my opinion, or at least they look at it in a moronic view. Uh, I'll phrase it that way. Because they say, oh, look at Hive. Hive's ranked number 250 on CoinMarketCap. Hive's down, you know, 90% from its peak. Leaving aside, it was a pump. But even from where we were sustained, it's down, you know, two-thirds or something like that. Hive's going to shit. Hive's worthless. Hive has no value. Nothing's happening here, which is total bullshit. And I'll debate anybody on that. I mean, you only have to look around at what's taking place. You know, go listen to the CTT guys and, and go listen to the Speak Network developer call that they are or committee call or co- whatever project team call that they had yesterday. Go read Voltec's, uh, uh tweets, what he's doing. You know, I know he doesn't go on the developer calls, the, the, the base layer developer calls. The, the core developer calls, see what those guys are working on, see what Hovu, Hovu block trades and, and his team are working on, you know, uh, Cal and, and his team, what, what they're doing, you know, their splinter lands town halls. And, you know, I don't follow it very closely, but I keep seeing people dropping threads about new stuff. So it's not like price really matters because during the dot-com bubble, you know, Yahoo, was at 475 bucks a share. Now, I don't know what that equates into market cap, but Yahoo was basically given away to Verizon when it was sold. You know, that company went to shit. You know, WebVam was a, a stock that went crazy. That was internet grocery shopping and delivery. You know, it was a great concept. It's a concept that's coming to being. They were just like 25 years ahead of the curve. Company failed. You know, so you have these entities there. You had Amazon. Amazon was in the toilet for years. They didn't turn a profit for the first 20 years. They kept losing money. Why? Because they were buying up market share. Now, Amazon's a behemoth that is in so many different areas. I mean, it's going to be tough to take out Amazon. Uh, So, when I look at how the markets judge things and their ability to value things, and again, I'll go back to Tesla because anybody who watches my, my Leo channel knows I, I, I talk about this all the time. The market had Tesla pre-split priced at $400. The market had it priced at $100. The market recently had it priced almost at $300. Now the market has it priced at $210. When was it right? When? 
I mean, it goes up, it goes down. I, I mean, what, what were they? Obviously, the market was wrong at four hundred dollars. Well, obviously, the market was wrong at a hundred dollars. The market was wrong at two hundred and ninety dollars or three hundred dollars. Now the market's saying we're right at two two ten. No, you're wrong, because in a month from now it'll be higher, it'll be lower, it'll be something, but it probably won't be two ten. That that's why, in terms of value, markets don't price value. They they they're driven by fear and greed. They're driven by emotion. And it's the same thing with this. It's even worse with this because what we're talking about here is brand spanking new technology. Leo is going to be much different in three years than it is today. Does that mean it'll be worth a lot more in three years than it is today? I believe so. I can't say for certain, but I believe so. Hive, in my view, will be worth a lot more in terms of value three years from now than it is today. Why? VSC is going to be live in three years. Speak Network will have Honeycomb and all that they're working on will be live then. To me, that makes it a lot more valuable. Where will the price be? I have no clue. I have absolutely no clue. Um, And the price will probably be wrong at that time anyway. So, uh, you know, that's why I don't give – Give much stock to it. Now, obviously, there is the monetary component. We all live in this monetary world. I'm not discounting the idea. I often write everybody should be in crypto going after life-changing money. And I use that term on purpose because life-changing money is going to be different to everybody. It's going to depend on your economic situation, your part of the world, what it means to you. But whether you're, you're... vision of life change of money is 10 grand a year, 20 grand a year, 50 grand a year, you know, $50,000 in total assets, or it's 10 million. Doesn't matter what level it is. The opportunity is here. Go for it. You know, there are going to be 100 Xers. There are going to be 1,000 Xers in this industry. You know, just like you could have bought Amazon at seven bucks a share. I don't know what that equates to today with all the splits and stuff like that. But if you if you invested a thousand bucks in Amazon in like 1998, you did very well. Of course, and I've looked at the charts, you had to take Amazon up from a few bucks up to near a hundred bucks during the dot com and it crashed back down to single digits again. So you had to take like an eighty or ninety percent loss or drawdown, and then it went up over time. But again, if you're looking back now and you sit there and say, gee, I wish I I had bought uh, Amazon at seven bucks a share. Yeah, but would you have kept it if it went after it went up to near 100 and dropped down 80 or 90%? Or would you have gotten scared and sold? That's the difference. It's the same thing with Bitcoin. I wish I I wish I had bought Bitcoin at 100 bucks a share. Yeah, now in hindsight, it's easy. But what about all those people who were shitting their pants when Bitcoin went from whatever went like six, seven hundred, a thousand dollars, something like that? Uh, last bull market, it went to like fifteen grand, I think, and then blasted back down to three grand. These people were losing their 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 cookies. They were so scared. Oh, it's going to zero. End of the world. 
And then, of course, Bitcoin ran up to 65, 66,000 and then crashed to 15. People, what happened? Oh, my God, Bitcoin's going to zero. See, it's worthless. You know, I got to sell. I took a 50% loss. Okay, good for you. At least you got the tax write-off. Now, and it's the same thing with all this stuff. Now, there's a lot of stuff in crypto that's going to go to zero. <laughs> I don't doubt that for a second. Uh, so you have to be careful. Don't have blind faith in every project. I mean, anybody who's around 2017 and the ICO craze realizes there's a most of what's out there is crap. And there's going to be a lot of failures on Hive. We've already seen them. So I'm not saying every token on Hive Engine is going to be a success. Every project on Hive Engine is going to be a success. And every project that ends up on VSC is going to be a success. Uh, <laughs> addicted, wife change of money is confirmed. That's why I don't get one of those things called a wife, because they end up with your money. What's your money? Her money is her money. Your money becomes our money. So let's see anything else going on. Focus on long term and go. Absolutely, Dwayne. Absolutely. I'm scrolling down here. Let's see. Uh, Cal share and sneak peek believe well premium is hyping me up. Yeah, they, what it shows is there's other features going to be added to the ecosystem, to, to the platform. And, and I don't know what they are. I haven't seen a lot of them. Uh, tokenized. Do you guys already have a date for the next town hall meeting? Soon, my friend, soon. Uh, what else are we cooking on Hive? Any ongoing development that you're excited about? Oh, I started with VSC, and, and somebody else can join in here. I don't want to turn this into my own speaker show. Um, but I started with VSC and kind of hinted around that. And VSC is... I think one of the most important projects that we're seeing today. And the reason being is VSC totally changes the complexion of high. It is a decentralized smart contract platform. It's a scalable smart contract platform. It's a side chain. So it runs its own nodes. It is not tied to the base layer. And it's basically, if you want to think of it in this sense, it's modular. And what do I mean by that? You have a smart contract, let's say a uh, token creation contract. That contract doesn't have to be run by every single node on VSC. Let's say you have 500 nodes on VSC. <clears throat> 50 want to run the token creation contract. So now you have the, the, those 50 nodes run token creation contract. All 500 could opt to, 100 could opt to, but let's say 50 decide to do that. Now you have another contract. You have an exchange contract, a token swap contract, a DEX. Those 50 decide to carry that plus another 15. So now you have 65 carrying that. Now you have a particular type of NFT contract for a game, let's say. Well, you have a different set of those 500 nodes, let's say 50 of those running that contract. And they're different from the other 50. 
So that's where you have, I, I think the CTT guys have called it horizontal scalability, where you can just keep putting more and more nodes next to each other, carrying the smart contracts they want. Now, this differs from an Ethereum where that's at the base layer. So if you set up an Ethereum node, you have to run everything on them. You have to run all the contracts. So that, that becomes a bandwidth issue. That becomes a security issue. That becomes a lot of issues. Now, the other thing is, if there is a hack, if there is a problem, if there is a security lapse in one of these contracts, it does not affect the base layer. Totally separate. Does not affect many of your nodes because that contract isn't even on the nodes. The security of this system is enhanced. One of the ways it's enhanced is through the coding language. And I don't remember which one this is. Is it Java? Java may be Honeycomb. I, I, I forget. It might be SQL. But it's a commonly used programming language. Solidity is not, which is what's used for the EVMs. So that's an important component to VSC. The other important component, I mentioned Leo Premium and HBD. VSC is going to use HPD also. If you want to transact on that ecosystem, on that network, HPD state is going to be required. And that is how the transaction fees will be paid, is by using the savings on Hive, you put that HPD in savings, it generates revenue, which you can then use to pay the old node operators transaction fees. And so there will be a similar type of resource credit system. Now, I don't know if it'll be used the term resource credit, and it will not be tied to high power. It will be tied to HBD that is state on the system. So guess what we have? Fee-less Transactions. Now, I do believe there will be the act, uh, option to pay a fee, just like you do on your EVMs. I think if you don't have any HBD, you don't want to be bothered with trying to get it. You want to transact, you can pay, you know, whatever the fee is uh, to transact, just like you do any other uh, any other network. So that is a major design feature that I think helps the ecosystem. Plus, it gives developers what they need. And if you're not a developer, to this, to, to you, a lot of this stuff could be Greek, but anybody who knows anything about development in the blockchain world knows that these applications, having access to smart contracts is valuable. Because what we were just talking about to Leo with Leo Premium, why is the Leo finance team or the Leo team having to go to BSC? Because we don't have, have this capability on Hive right now. VSC is not live. Hive Engine is not open contracts. So they are limited. You cannot go to Hive Engine and create your own contract. So this is where something like VSC will then make the need to go to BSC 
or to Polygon or to Ethereum diminished. Plus, we can pull all of those tokens over, wrap them, put them on VSC. They're already working or already have working wrapped Bitcoin, where basically the transaction layer becomes Hive because Hive is the settlement layer. Now you're using a wrapped Bitcoin. You can send Bitcoin back and forth without paying any fees. Because you're not using the Bitcoin network, you're actually using a, a wrap version. And we could do that with Ethereum. We can do that with Solana. We can do that with BSC. We can do that with, you know, Cardano, anything that's out there. Uh, you know, it's starting with Bitcoin because the EVM uh, architecture is a little different from what I was told. But to me... If you can do Bitcoin, you could probably do every fork of Bitcoin because I imagine, and I might be mistaken on this, but I imagine the coding is almost the same. You know, I mean, what's the difference in the coding between Bitcoin and, and Bcash? I mean, they changed the block size. So there were certain things related to block size, but, you know, I imagine most of the coding is, is similar. But, you know, these are all potentialities. And then the other potentiality is the NFTs. That I don't think can be understated when you start to get into finance, you start to get into gaming, you start getting into incentivizations, you start to get into gamification. Uh, NFTs, we haven't even, we being the industry, have not even begun to explore these. And I'm not, again, I'm not talking the bubblicious bullshit. I'm talking real world utility, real world use case for these NFTs where you hold in this NFT, there's, there's some meaning to it. It's not just some JPEG. It gives you access. It gives you some utility. It gives you some standing. It gives you some something that is above and beyond not holding. And I think that's a value. I mean, it may entitle you, you could have a Coke, uh, Coca-Cola NFT and that entitles you to a free Coke at your local convenience store. You know, you, you have an NFT from, you know, Bob's Pizzeria entitles you to get get one extra topping for free on your your pizza. You know, it could it could be tied to well, you you created so many threads that now you got this NFT that gives you one free month of premium membership. You know, wh- whatever the utility is. Uh, Cam five iz vsc. Is there any article about it to mention it here? Uh, I think the account is at VSC. Uh, The account on Twitter, I forget. It's It's the VSC underscore eco, ECO on Twitter. Thank you. Thank you. So VSC underscore eco on Twitter is – is the account on, excuse me, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Looks like VSC has joined us. Oh, really? Voltec is in the room. He heard uh, VSC is in the room. Uh, you you want to come on, Mr. VSC? You want to send a, a friend request? We're talking about you, and I'm probably botching it up in line to everybody, but I do it with all honesty and sincerity, even if I am misleading. It's out of ignorance. 
Maybe you will, maybe you won't. So that that's why I'm so excited about BSC. I, I think it is one of the more important projects that we have being developed right now. And I, I don't want to diminish other projects. This is just my perspective. Uh, there could be a lot of other projects that are equally as impactful. But I think because we've been waiting for smart contracts for so long and, and just the tentacles, uh, I think people need to realize this provides developers with infinite opportunities in terms of directions they can go once this technology rolls out, um, you know, which they don't have right now. People have to try to look to the EBMs or to, to other areas to get what they need. Uh, Wax, you know, uh, Nifty set up uh, some things with NFTs, and I believe they're on Wax. I mean, what if he could do that right on on uh, BSC and it's, it's tied to one's Hive account? I mean, that would be wonderful. Uh, Dwayne, 16, the future of Hive is so bright and we have to wear shades. For those of you who are into 80s music, uh, we are still early. So many good things is coming to Hive. Yes, I would agree with that. Um, I think that's the industry in general. Uh, I mean, I, I, think, I think people need to understand how early in the development we are as an industry. The stuff that, I mean, if I just look at the, the base layer, you know, I don't know what Block Trades plans are, but I know Block Trades has a lot of plans for where he wants to take the base infrastructure. I know, uh, <clears throat> I know Hou has ideas of features he wants to add to the base layer. And I know there's things been talked and some of it, you know, like Time Vault, came from, from I, I started pushing and writing about that. I know there's other ideas out there. Uh, Archange, when he was on Cryptomaniacs last, he, feel, he, he believes that there should be smart contracts on high space layer in addition to layer two smart contracts. Now, there's great debate about that, but he believes there are certain functionalities that smart contracts at the base layer could provide that he believes should be part of the base layer. And, you know, that'll be something that it's already been discussed and going back and forth for years. And I'm sure it will continue. And ultimately the <clears throat> technical people who know about that stuff will come to a decision, taking in variables of security, you know, bandwidth, all that good stuff and figure out what the, the best approach is. So, you know, the, these are, this is why I'm so optimistic and going back to what Sam said, I keep looking at the development. Without development, you're dead. And when people start talking about a token, I, 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 I had this with somebody the other day. They were talking about sports. And, oh, I'm going and buying sports and I'm, I'm curating sports and I'm, I'm like, what's going on with that? What developments take place? I don't know, but. I'm just accumulating because other people are. Okay, well, sports. Uh, without development, what's going to change three years from now? 
you suddenly hope magically people come to a platform or an application with, which is basically outdated because three years from now, everything we're dealing with right now is going to be outdated because there will be, there are platforms that are developing. Eastency and Leo are two. Peak D is another one. Peak D keeps adding and developing. Those three years from now, those three front ends, as an example, are going to be a lot further along than they are now. They're going to offer a lot more options than they do now. Uh, you know, what? What is? Uh, what are some of these other front ends or some of these other communities or, or applications going to offer? So that's why I watch the development. And if there's no development, I mean, we are still in the technical phase of a lot of this stuff. As much as we need entrepreneurs, as much as we need users, you know, Hive, the number one thing Hive needs right now is developers. And not, not base layer developers. We have blockchain development covered. I mean, sure, you could always use more. But we're, 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 we're not doing bad there. But we need, we need app developers. And hopefully when VSC rolls out, my expectation is once that capability is here, the technical people can start talking to other technical people and say, this is why you should build and see the tools that you have. With VSC being implemented, what kind of high sidechains be created? Well, VSC is a sidechain in and of itself. What else gets built upon that? I mean, you know, that's, that's really, uh, from what I understand about VSC, it is kind of all-encompassing. So I don't know if, if you really need to I, – I, I don't understand, you know, are you talking about something completely new with, with completely new protocols or are you talking about uh, – which has new protocols in its new node system or are you talking about just people who set up new node systems underneath the VSC protocols and underneath some of the contracts and what's been developed? You, you, you potentially could have both. I mean, again, it's – it's where people go with, with what's created. It's like I talk about with Leo Glossary. I mean, it's on the blockchain. People can take the data that's there and go and use it and incorporate it into whatever they want. And it's, you know, the same with like a VSC. What's being created can be incorporated into, you know, people can use it once once the smart contract capabilities there. They can write smart contracts for for what they want and use the pieces and parts as, as they need. Uh, and that's what, another reason why I talk a lot about infrastructure. Application development goes a lot quicker from what I've observed than infrastructure because you have to build out the infrastructure and that's like, grow, that's, that's like watching paint dry. It's very slow. It's monotonous. It's not very exciting. You know, it's backend stuff. It's underlying stuff, you know, creating a node system that can run smart contracts even when, when, when they announce, okay, it's here, for most of us users, what are we looking at? And we won't even know if, if we even have a place to look, what are we going to look at? Oh, go look on GitHub. It's all right there or, or GitLab. What good does that do me? I don't understand what I'm looking at. It, it, it's Greek. But all of a sudden, the developer sees that and says, holy crap, it's here. Now they start taking that and they start incorporating it into their, their dApps that's when, when things start to accelerate because, you know, they can whip up web pages a lot quicker than you can whip up a protocol. 
So we've gone for an hour. I don't have any friend requests, so I guess VSC isn't capable of jumping in here. Uh, VSC just wanted to see how much I was botching up, uh, botching up the the relaying of what their project is like. Uh, hope I didn't do too bad. Anybody else want to jump on before we close it down? I I don't have anything else to speak about. I don't know, you know. What's going on with Splinterlands? I don't know what's going on with a lot of these projects. So, just let me know in in the threadcast if you want to jump on here, or if you have any other questions. Okay, well, with that, it'll be a very quick one today. So we will shut it down and we will return again in another. Well, now Voltec is in here. So Voltec's in here, which is different from VSC, unless he's in here under two accounts. Uh, Voltec, we were talking about VSC. Do you want to send a. Uh, Notification to come on and maybe uh, give us a little 411 on VSC, where it stands, and how much I botched it up. I don't know if, if Spaces is acting wonky, I see... Nifty is no longer a speaker. He may have opted out or he may have been kicked out. So, oh, here's a request coming in from somebody. Let's see who it is. And it is Voltec. We got the man, the myth, the legend himself. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm um, probably telling bold lies about your project. I'm trying not to. I'm, I'm trying to be as accurate as possible. And if I made any mistakes or said anything misleading, it was totally out of sheer ignorance, not out of intent. Uh, but hopefully I encapsulated with uh, where you're going, what you're doing. I've been seeing your exes out there. That doesn't sound right. I've been seeing your, your tweets out there and, it seems like you you're you guys are promoting things a little bit more and a little more excited about things and revealing a little bit more. So I presume you're getting a little bit closer. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I wasn't here in the Twitter space before. Um, the person who is behind the VSC account right now is, but that is uh, not me. Um, so I might not have a lot of knowledge of what you said prior, but um, the post you made, I think, earlier today, um, I skimmed through it and... Uh, yeah, looks 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 mostly good. Um, I only looked through part of it, but um, yeah, and overall, you've been you've been capturing the vision pretty well. Uh, and the next um, few days, hopefully, and I don't have an exact uh, estimate, is when the actual DHF proposal is going to go out. Um, so oh. it's getting really close. Just need to finalize the uh, draft of it. And then probably get some media ready for release when we are uh, ready to go. But very soon we'll have the DHF proposal out and ready to vote on. 
Excellent. Well, you'll get my vote. Um, yeah, ba- basically, my main message was uh, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Um, and I, I was trying to be as as not over the top as possible. Uh, no, in all seriousness, my, my main point is, in my opinion, right now at this point in history, this is the most important and the project that could have the most impact on Hive that we see out there. And the reason being is, A, we've been devoid of smart contracts for so long that having a robust, flexible, scalable smart contract platform tied to Hive is, I don't think the value can even be assessed. And the other thing that's tied to this is really it gives developers so many options that they don't have now because it really just takes the scope of their development with their applications, their games, their projects, and and they can go in any direction um, because they can incorporate these smart contracts. They can write their own smart contracts to do what they want and you know, based upon the the tweet that went out, you know, they can do it with either, you know, wrap Bitcoin. They can do it with uh, an ex- a DAX. They can do it with token creation. They can do it with NFTs. They can do it with any of this stuff. And, and that just that that just moves us in an entirely different realm, in my opinion. Did we lose you? Uh, yeah, I think it disconnected. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, but yeah, no, for sure. Um, the the applications are very, very, very big. And uh, I think once we get really rolling with this uh, over the next couple of months, we'll be at the forefront of all like high development um, over the next couple of months. And I think in general, just in terms of smart contracts, um, I've been doing a lot of work into the smart contracts, going very, very, very deep into how they work and the lower levels of layer twos and all that. And we'll be building one of the best uh, pieces of technology for that. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, That, that just makes, I'm a believe, I believe in my non-technical estimation of things that uh, Hive is incredible with the the technology it has at the base layer. I think it it really dwarfs everything else that is out there based upon things such as scalability, based upon one block irreversibility, one based upon the, the feedless system and all that. And, you know, now that you state something like that, okay, you're a little biased since you're the one creating or ma- the main one behind creating this. But when you say you've done a deep dive into smart contract technology, and this is going to be one of the best ones out there, I, I think that's saying something. Um, one thing I would like you to comment on, because maybe I didn't explain it very clearly, um, because I did kind of go around in circles. Uh, HBD. uh and the feeless or the option of feeless nature of this system. How are you incorporating HBD? How are you incorporating HBD staking? How does that tie to the uh, uh, fees and the transactions and be people engaging with these smart contracts or engaging with, 
with VSC and of course also uh, HP is required to engage with Hive uh, via custom JSONs and whatever else, whatever's posted to the, the main blockchain on that and the sync you are creating for HPD with this. Yeah, so in terms of how the fee-less aspect works, um, is it would be kind of like an HPD-style staking. Um, this isn't going to be something we release uh, immediately, but um, we will release that kind of after the initial version. Um, so, z- so it starts off zero fee, uh, completely no, no RCs, nothing like that. And then we'd probably put in like flat fees where you just have a balance of HPD that you can spend for uh, transactions. And then later on, staked HPD. So this is actually um, like putting it into the VSC savings account and generating that 20% interest that's generated every year. And with enough um, HPD in that uh, account and per individual user, that generates enough HPD um, in general to support all of the nodes and uh, thus translates directly to um, RCs. So you'd have like a certain amount of RCs that you can um, use from that uh, HPD that's staked, uh, locked up in the uh, savings account, and then the generated um, interest from there is distributed to the nodes for rewarding and incentivizing operation. Um, to ensure that everything is is funded and running uh, and all all works as uh, intended. Now, I, I may be confusing VSC with Honeycomb, and I, I do apologize if I'm doing that. In fact, I think I am uh, bringing up a feature of Honeycomb and, and uh, what Disregard's working on. Uh, the nodes that are processing transactions – is there going to be a requirement for collateralization? Uh, so where they're going to have to, if they want to, if they want to pr- transact or if they want to handle, you know, a $10,000 transaction, they're going to need 10,000 HBD locked up or is that only honeycomb? For the main validators, which are the ones that are going to be voted in, um, there's no direct collateral requirement for now. Um, for executors, the ones that actually run the state execution of contracts, those actually are the ones that need to scale. Um, those would be collateralized. So they, well, I, I say collateralized as in they, they're staking, um, so they have some amount of money, and then that keeps them honest and has some measures in place that we can prevent, uh, you know, various forms of um, abuse. So... The, the individual executors would have a staking requirement of some amount of HVD or Hive, uh, probably more preferably HVD. Yeah, it seems like uh, you're really giving a major sink to HVD. And uh, let's be quite honest, if this thing takes off, we could be looking at millions and millions and millions of HVD uh, staked and locked up for the purposes of, of just just conducting transactions. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it also will flow back um, to Hive as well, aside from just the, the HBD, also to the native Hive coin, um, because the nodes themselves require uh, Hive for their um, operations, and any transactions that are directly on-chain requires Hive. So 
I did some numbers a while back, but they're not super great. Um, it's going to require in the three thirty to 50,000 um, HP for the whole operation, uh, maybe more. Uh, and as you like, essentially like as you're creating more and more transactions on chain, there's still more uh, HP required. And a lot of these transactions are very reoccurrent. So like block creation is very reoccurrent. It's once every minute to 30 seconds um, or less even. So you might have one VSC transaction minimum on chain happening every 30, uh, 30 seconds or so, 15 to 30 seconds. And when you look at it from a big picture, that's actually a lot of RCs that you need. Um, since a lot of people only post, you know, once a day maybe, and that's a decent amount of RCs for them. Um, and others post more, but the point is, is the overall system uses up a lot of HP, uh, Again, that being said, once you hit the amount of HP required to run it, uh, it doesn't really require uh, a ton more since you're just looking at all the off-chain transactions uh, and everything that's uh, from the users. So it also help Hive directly because it needs to be a lot of HP to run it, a decent amount of HP. Yeah, and that just snowballs into then you know, the amount of HP that's required for any applications that decide to use these smart contracts to build on Hive and incorporate the smart contracts into their applications. And suddenly they get users and guess what? They, they need HP. So it, it kind of becomes a uh, compounding situation on, on that end of things. Uh, so, I mean, this is really... That, that's why I say the impact of this cannot be understated. Now, what, one other thing that I think would be very helpful for people to go through, because you, you guys have been promoting enough, and, and I, I don't know, you, you were going to demonstrate it at HiFest, but <laughs> those of us who weren't at HiFest have no idea if you did or didn't, because one of the uh, breakages in the stream was during your presentation, which really mm-hmm. sucked for me because it was one of the presentations I was looking forward to and it, it got zapped. Um, when you're talking about Bitcoin and, and ultimately then, as we've discussed in the past, you and I in some of our past conversations, this could extend out to the other EVMs and stuff and other, other type of, uh, of, uh, uh, coins from other platforms, other other blockchains. Uh, but we'll just stick with Bitcoin because you can give the example. Uh, how will this work? Because, you know, we keep talking about high being a transaction layer for Bitcoin and wrap Bitcoin and, and Bitcoin on BSC and no transaction fees like with Bitcoin. How does that all work for people who are, aren't mentally picturing this? So, uh there's the part on the wrapping. Um, I don't want to go too into the details of how it works, but you essentially have the collateralized uh, wrapping with on-chain proofs from Bitcoin. So using the collateralization, you can um, use it as a punishment against the wrapping providers on the Bitcoin side and then use uh, Bitcoin layer one proofs to actually verify on-chain activity from Bitcoin. And that allows you to build uh, trust in what's kind of happening from a very low-level smart contract point of view. And then uh, that allows us to get wrapped Bitcoin onto VSC, Bitcoin onto VSC, 
And then from there, VSC itself allows you to send and receive Bitcoin as a regular token. So it fits in like a normal kind of token contract that anyone, uh, pretty much anyone can use for their own thing anyway. So it's just a custom token that's dedicated for, um, a custom contract that's dedicated for Bitcoin tokens and all the wrapping side of things. Uh, so once you have that on VSC, then anyone on Hive or even off-chain can uh, send and receive Bitcoin as they choose uh, and redeem that for real balances on, on Bitcoin, on Bitcoin mainnet. Truly, truly incredible shit. I wanted to jump in and say uh, it was a pleasure uh, hanging out with you and meeting with meeting you at HiveFest, Voltec. I wanted to ask, though, uh, just because, uh, when demo... <laughs> Uh, soon. Um, initially I was going to do it at Hivefest, but, um, there was some issues on both the VSC side, like the core of the, uh, software and the network, um, and issues with the contract that I was running. Uh, so both of those are fixed now. However, I ran into another issue. Um, is there some lower level limitations that I kind of knew about, but I didn't anticipate as a problem, um, that are preventing, the contract from actually getting all of the data that it needs. Um, it caps out at about 10,000 Bitcoin blocks. So it just, it has a maximum cap of the amount of things it can uh, store in VSC itself. And so right now that's just an in general bug that's limiting the contracts. Um, however, once I get that fixed in the next few days, I can then uh, finish up all the testing that I need and then I can do it, get ready for a demo. Um, and so we can definitely do something like that pretty soon. Uh, it's going to be a basic demo. Uh, it's going to be like, we have a hard coded wrapping provider and then we have the chain proofs and then you, you, we just send to that wrapping provider and the chain proofs go in and then we, uh, get this kind of fake wrapped Bitcoin, but it is very similar to what you do in production where you'd have an actual wrapping provider that's collateralized, but this would just be a centralized one. And we're just publishing the, the proofs. So the demo is just going to be a centralized um, wrapping provider. But all of the proving of those funds on chain is done via the decentralized chain uh, relay. So there's just one person that's going to be actually the bridge, quote unquote. But um, without all the fanciness and that just demos that we have the chain bridge available or the chain, chain relay available, and that we can actually kind of receive stuff and prove it on to BSC. Uh, and then the next kind of phases are actually building out the collateralization, building out the redeem operations, um, building out like the software package for it uh, to do all of this and all of those other things that we need in production. Uh, so this is just getting that very basic like bare bone thing. It's like, hey, you can send it to this address. And if you send it to this address, then we'll give you wrapped Bitcoin on, on BSC. Incredible. Excellent. Um, now I'm going to be a real jackass. And uh, I asked you this, I don't know, when we talked about, what was it, five months ago, six months ago? And mm -hmm. uh, you you, uh, you obviously were, were closing your eyes, spinning in circles, you know, riding a, a unicycle and then taking the darts and trying to throw it at the dartboard. 
now that you're a lot further down the road than you were six months ago, uh, you just laid out some of the, the things that you have to address after you get into demo mode to, to get to production. But do you have any type of range on where you're targeting? And I know it's, it's not, not set in stone and, you know, you go into, you go into testnet, you go into demo and then that's where the bugs start to arise. But do you have any idea of the time of, of maybe a range of when you would hope to have production going? Yeah. So there's proposal, which is the first part. Um, Again, like I said, a few a, a few more days, hopefully sometime, either, I don't know, this weekend or next week, uh, the proposal will go live. And assuming that's voted in, which I think it's going to get voted in. Um, uh, after that, I'm hoping to do around two, somewhere between three to four months until we have a next generation um, test net. Because we have the current gen, which is just very basic, like proving the concepts and other things that are not really all that fancy. Um, but building kind of the initial model that's concrete. Uh, a lot of this has been kind of like testing how um, all these individual parts work and how well they work. And this is going to be actually building something that we expect to not change um, all that much, to stay largely the same. Um, so once... Uh, once we, we build that all out and prove that it works, um, then we'll be looking at how does that actually transition to a real mainnet. And there's a lot, by that time, there's a lot of things that we'll know, um, we'll know like pain points and what needs to be solved and what tech needs to be built. And so by the time we have uh, the next generation testnet out in around three to four months, um, we'll have a good idea of what the actual end game would ultimately look like. And then over the next anywhere from six to eight months after that, we'll be uh, hitting the kind of more mature phase of what we can expect to be um, a lot more uh, well, where, where we should be at least. Um, and so at least during that time when we hit an actual like stable-ish testnet, I'm hoping to make it at least secure enough and stable enough that you could start to do things on it. Like you could start to mint NFTs, you could start to do actual wrapped Bitcoin on it. Um, do other things that, you know, you expect to not break most of the time. So the testnet is kind of the, uh, uh, let's build something and make it work pretty well, but it's not 100% there yet. And then over the following, you know, six to eight months, we'll mature that to something where it is really, really good. Yeah, it's, as I said, infrastructure is a bitch. It takes a long time to build, and it's just like watching paint dry. It's very monotonous and a lot of times not exciting. But once you get the infrastructure in place, then the other developers can come in behind, and they can just go gangbusters. Yeah, for sure. And for stuff like Bitcoin wrapping, um, that's something we can ideally divide out to other people. Uh, well, other people as in not the core developers of VSC, probably working with VSC to core developers, but um, at least that's something where it doesn't require a lot of uh, maybe not as much direct uh, involvement with VSC proper um, because it's all, you know, just smart contracts and you're building smart logic that's working with those smart contracts. Very cool. It's uh, 
I mean, a, a year sounds like a long time, but it really isn't when you think about it because, uh, I mean, time does go quickly. And, I mean, as I said, you and I first conversed, it was, I don't know, back in April maybe, so six months ago. I mean, that, that just flew by. So, uh, yeah, a lot of great things going on. We, we have another uh, speaker on here uh, who may have some questions. Green. I didn't see what the rest of it was. Do you want to uh, unmute and you have some questions for Voltec or some comments or insights or what do you want to share? Yeah, hello, hello uh, to, to everyone. Uh, thank you. Hey, do you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, uh, yeah. I wanted to ask Voltec, uh, seeing the, the times, uh, how many times we, we can we can get the, the final product? of this, this BS, BSC. Sorry, I, I couldn't quite hear what your, what your question was. What, what was that? I, I that think the, you the were saying... The final product, the, 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 the final, or, or, or the, for, for the only person can use it, you know? Oh, like um, what, what the end user will, would experience, or...? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so from an end user, that would be really just interacting with it via like Hive Keychain. Um, we're building a custom front end for the Bitcoin wrapping. So uh, similar kind of thing to tribal decks in a way, uh, in many regards. Um, and it would be kind of, it would be pretty similar to already existing systems. Um, and then for smart contracts themselves, um, like, that's also something we're going to have to figure out a bit more how to interact with, uh, how you interact with them and make it make it so it's easy. Uh, right now, like, your way to interact with any smart contract, even on Hive Engine, um, if you can call those smart contracts, is you sign a really weird, disgusting message, and you don't really know what that looks like. Um, so working on ways to make the actual signing of those operations, uh, like, Easy to understand for users, uh, so the the overall user experience should be a lot. Um, or I'd hope if we get that support across everything, um, that is very easy to understand. Like, oh, this operation buys an NFT. This operation uh, mints one. This one deposits wrapped Bitcoin. Uh, you know, etc. Um, and so, really, uh, the the geo scenarios of the UX system that isn't too bad. Uh, and like I said, we're going to be releasing a custom front end for the wrapping that so far is looking pretty nice. So uh, I'm excited about just, even just the front end, I'm pretty excited about how that's going to ultimately look. Yeah, nice. Thank you. Sorry, sorry. Take myself. Yeah. If, if you have more, go ahead. I, I, if you have another question or if you wanted to comment, go ahead. No, thank you, thank you. I'm good. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Voltec, you mentioned Hive Engine. And maybe because I, I wrote a post, of, of, I don't know, maybe a month, month and a half ago about VSC and, and the excitement about Bitcoin wrapping. And I was told in the comment section that this already exists. It already exists on Hive Engine. And to me, 
and, and maybe you can share if I'm looking at this properly or, or what I'm missing, if there are other pieces. But, but to me, the two main differences that I see is first off with Hive Engine, we're dealing with Honeypot, where it's the, these tokens are all in, in a central location, uh, number one, or a central account, maybe I should say. Number two is what I call what you're, you're building a robust smart contract platform, which means A, it can scale, but B, it also allows developer to write their own contracts. You can't, I mean, the developer cannot write a smart contract on, on Hive Engine, from what I understand. So maybe you could compare and contrast, because most of us are familiar with Hive Engine, Tribal Dex, whatever you want to call it. We're familiar with that. How is VSC different from Hive Engine? How is VSC? I don't know if I want to use the word better. Maybe that's the wrong term, but how is VSC more advanced than Hive Engine and where VSC will bring more to the table than Hive Engine? Yeah, and so you said it uh, exactly right. You can actually deploy smart contracts. Um, so right now, like with Hive Engine, you really can't do that. Uh, you have to have approval and then everyone has to agree and all this process. Um, and so this is actually bringing you an interface where you can easily uh, deploy your own smart contract as long as you're, of course, paying the, the fee to, to do that. Um, and so, like, that just alone gives a lot of functionality of, okay, I can now make custom um, applications that do whatever logic I need. I need this decentralized smart contract to, to put the data on and the backend and all that. Um, and so alone, that's that's extremely powerful. You look at Ethereum, where anyone can go deploy their, their contract, um, although it's not very useful for the reason of high fees. Um, but they, they can easily go in and, and, and do that. It's an open interface. And so there's that main advantage. Uh, and, of course, the low fees, hyperscalability, all that other stuff that we're trying to, trying to build. But then also the fact that the Bitcoin, wrapped Bitcoin itself, is actually decentralized. The wrapped Bitcoin on Hive Engine is through one account. You have one entity that is doing the wrapping and unwrapping. There is no proof of reserves. There is no proof of funds. It's it's essentially like I trust you to uh, hold these coins and not lose them and give them back if I want them. Um, and so that's really not all that great. And even right now, just in the last day, um, you see huge issues with outages where people are complaining. They're saying that their funds are lost. They're not. And so for something that is uh, supposed to be a decentralized, well, smart contracts type system, uh, I'd hope that I'm not waiting for the support to redo my transfer back onto Bitcoin mainnet. Um, so there's a lot of issues where you really... You know, you really have to trust that one entity to actually return those funds and actually, um, you know, uh, be a reliable uh, entity. And so um, this would be fully decentralized with the chain bridge, uh, chain relay and collateralization. And so you don't need to have that central trust with somebody. Um, and yeah, uh, like, over, like overall, it's, it's just a significant uh, advantage versus one or the other, but there is a sort of wrapped version of Bitcoin on high. When you look at VSC as as we go through the different layers of the system, 
<clears throat> where is their counterparty risk for users? Is 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 there any counterparty risk in this in the infra, at the infrastructure level? Not the app level. Apps can can come in in different ways, but at least in what you're designing and what your team's designing, is there any counterparty risk in any of this process? Ah, good question. Um, there is counterparty risk from the standpoint of uh, the Hive uh, multi. So there is a thing on Hive that just does the bridge between um, Hive proper and uh, the actual VSC kind of um, core network code. And so, of course, it is decentralized in the sense that you have um, and you have the uh, census system around that. Um, however, that also that doesn't necessarily eliminate the counterparty risk fully. And so um, it does, again, like decrease it quite a bit. If you have a decentralized multi-sig, it's a lot better than a single account. Uh, right now with Hive Engine, it's a single account. So if you want to bring Hive uh, onto Hive Engine, it's one account. You have to trust that account. And so alone, that's a lot better, um, but it's still not a complete elimination of counterparty risk. Now for wrapped Bitcoin, there is some risk, but it is almost entirely mitigated by the fact that there is collateralization. There's only risk there of maybe some potential temporary loss, but then those funds are ultimately reimbursed with um, the, the staked collateral. So for bit wrapped Bitcoin and everything that falls under the kind of wrapping from Bitcoin or even other chains, uh, there's no counterparty risk because that bridge is uh, done through XClaim and done through a mechanism that allows uh, basically punishment for um, any kind of bad behavior. Whereas the multi-sig, there isn't really as much of a way to do that at the moment, um, but I'm working on ways to improve that uh, more longer term. Um, however, it might require some more changes uh, to the base layer even to do that. Um, but in terms of the overall system, it's still a significant uh, reduction of counterparty risk in current systems like Hyvention. Yeah, as I like to say, uh, decentralization is not a destination, it's a direction. And just keep trying to move in the direction further and further and keep breaking down stuff further and further to to eliminate those points of vulnerability as you go along. And, uh, so that, that sounds real good. Um, I don't see any questions in the threadcast, so I guess uh, those who are on this call are to listen to it intently. Uh, so I don't see any questions for you. So either I explained it or you explained it or between the two of us we explained it and they're now experts on it. Anything you care to add that we didn't cover that you are excited about or you want everybody to know that we can start going and talking about? Uh, let me see. Nothing um, Nothing that I can think of right now, but uh, keep an eye on the proposal coming out soon. Um, that is going to be pretty important. So you'll, you'll probably find your own surprises there as well. Yeah, we we and so basically now the uh rough very rough ETA on production is maybe a year down the road is is it safe and going with that type yeah. of Yeah, type? that's what that's what I'd reasonably say for a full production type system, but 
before that, I'm hoping that most, well, most of the smart contracts that people want to deploy on production have already been built because you can test those on the mainnet and use those on the mainnet system or the, the testnet system. And so by the time the actual mainnet is like ready to go for, for full production and everything, um, already everything that people have, want to have has already been built or mostly built at that point. Um, I'm hoping that we can kind of release this rolling set of test nets that bring uh, bring us very close to mainnet, but with the the uh, with the reservation that uh, something will probably break. So <laughs> it, it always does. Uh, one one final question, and and you, you said you did a deep dive into smart contracts. When you think about this technology from a future standpoint and you think about the capabilities and, you know, we mentioned some of the stuff that's obviously in the near term, you know, on the list. Uh, We see it out there in the wild or it's been talked about so long, everybody, you know, kind of understands it. But with smart contracts, what are some of the futuristic applications that you came across that, you know, maybe some of the techie community or some of the people are starting to talk about that saying, hey, you know, maybe in five years or seven years, these are some of the crazy things that we're going to be able to do. Uh, Is there anything that stands out when you think about that, that it's like, okay, we move past, you know, wrapping tokens, we move past NFTs, we move past DAX, we move past all this stuff. And, you know, that's standard and we tokenize assets and all that. Okay, wonderful. But what are some of the other things that, you know, if you're, what, what, let me phrase it this way. If we're holding this face is five years from now and you come on, what are you going to be working on? And what are some of the smart contracts that you're going to be designing at that point? Can, can you venture a guess? So either we lost them again or the question blew them away. I, I, he's speechless. There he while is. We, while we wait for that, I just want to say, I, I can't say it loud enough. Support Voltec, support the VSC team. Uh, they're, they're building things that will push Hive into the into the future. So support their proposal when it comes out. Cast your vote, no matter how, how big or small it may be. Yeah, and and the same may be true for Town Hall, too. Not Not to give a shameless plug, but to give a shameless plug. Okay, he's connecting. He may be back. Do we, is he a speaker? Yep, he's a speaker, but he's muted. He's having technical difficulties. There he is. Are you with us? No. No, he dropped out. Maybe he'll send it back in. If, If not... Well, we blew through almost another hour. We're hour and 40 minutes of this basis. So, all right. Well, he seems to be having connection issues, and we've been at it for an hour and 40 minutes. So, with that, oh, wait, he's coming back. And you're back. So we think. 
been granted privileges, Voltec. Do you have them or? Nope. <clears throat> Seems like the telecommunication systems are working against us at this moment, but it was a good show. Thank you, everybody, for, for tur turning out. Uh, we got a lot of wonderful information about VSC. Uh, as we covered, be sure to support the proposal when it comes out. This is, I think, I think now you can see why I've been so excited about it since I first heard about it and uh, why I believe it's probably the one of the most impactful things that we have going on right now because the capabilities are going to be incredible. So with that, we'll shut down these spaces and we will see you again next Friday. Ciao.